future. What star is that? Peace to the planet Earth. You know what it is, Adisa Banjoko, you know what I'm saying? Black Dragon of the West, boy, you know what I'm saying? I'm always dealing with the realists. I know you've been loving all the latest interviews, you know what I'm saying? Now, this one has been in the works for like two years. <laughs> At least two years. <laughs> At least. Right? <laughs> right? So, um, you know, if you know anything about me, you know I'm about that hip-hop and jujitsu. You know I'm about that, like, Sun Tzu samurai everything you know what i'm saying and so my man nathan mendelson is a savage on the mat and he has mad bars you know what i'm saying which is um quite refreshing because a lot of people who rap in jiu-jitsu actually suck they have good they have good intentions but they don't have good bars you know what i'm saying so this is a guy who actually uh chokes people the hell out and has bars so this is awesome Nate Mendelson, man, thank you so much for being on Bishop Chronicles. How are you, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh, the kind words too. <laughs> Dude, it's true, man. You 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 spit bars, and you're a hell of a you're a hell of a jujitsu artist, and you 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 um you do a lot of things that impress me. Truly, I appreciate you know. that, man. And, and your uh, your support is one of the things that helped me get you know kind of more of the the. Uh, the confidence to start putting my hip hop out there more, you know, knowing that you thought that it was good was something that definitely gave me a little more like, okay, you know, I feel legit here. So let me, let yeah. me start trying to get this out to a, a wider and wider audience. So, so I appreciate you for that too. No, it's great. Actually, hold on one second. Cause somebody's using a saw or something outside. I just want to make sure my <laughs> mic doesn't pick it up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> there we go. All right. Word, word, word. <laughs> okay. Okay. Word, word, word. Um, so man, I mean, I, I kind of want to start from the top and then I just want to dive deep. You know what I'm saying? So you are originally from Santa Cruz. I am. Yeah. Born and raised. Now what's interesting about Santa Cruz for people who don't know the Bay, right? Like Santa Cruz is this little tucked off spot. You know what I mean? Near the beach. Um, there's a whole boardwalk outdoor. It's like everything that you think California is Santa Cruz is right. It's this beach boardwalk town. Hey, let me get, you know, uh, you know, a, a big old thing of ice cream. And then there's the beach and there's hella people and there's chicks and now people are break dancing and there's a hip hop party up the street yeah. and there's people surfing like that is Santa Cruz. It is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so one of the things that's always I've loved about Santa Cruz, although I've never understood it, and so I seek your understanding, is yeah. like Santa Cruz has always had a great hip hop community. I'm assuming, is that because of the, the university? Like I'm feeling like, you know, cause my earliest memories of going to Santa Cruz for hip hop stuff was on campus. But oh, I mean, that was, I mean like 88, 89. Mm -hmm. Now like there's like a vibrant hip hop culture down there. Can you talk about why do you think Santa Cruz, which seems like an unlikely spot in my brain for so much hip hop has become so embedded. 
Yeah, I think I think definitely the university helps with bringing in, you know, we get a, a constant influx of like young people, you know, otherwise, mm-hmm. Santa Cruz has a tendency to have kind of like an older age demographic, because a lot of people that grow up here kind of leave here, you know, they right. want to go. Most of the people that I grew up with, like went to school down Cause it's kind of isolated. Or, Santa Cruz is a little isolated. So people tend is. to want to break out. Yeah, it's a little bubble. And like you said, it's like kind of it's tucked in between the mountains and the beach there. So once you get over the hill and then you're in San Jose, now you're kind of more connected to the rest of the bay and everything. And Santa Cruz is kind of its own thing. There's really nothing on either side Mm -hmm. of us. You know, we've got we've got Highway One that's empty all the way up to like Half Moon Bay on one side. And then we've got Watsonville on the other side. And Mm -hmm. so we're really our own little thing. You know, we're the we're our own little kind of culture here, too. It's like, you know, we're the only part of the bay that doesn't say hella you know that's you, true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like an important detail like if you grew up <laughs> that's an important detail yeah that's real, that's real. real. <laughs> they, they they will they will uh you know they'll they'll make fun of you to no end if you say hello when you grow up here you know if you're at school yep. and you, you let a hella come out then like if you moved here from somewhere else like they'll make right. fun of you until you you, you stop <laughs> you saying <stop>. hello <laughs> so you know we've got our own little like bubble so i think a lot of people get kind of when you grow up here a lot of times people get over that and mm. then they want to move away you know so right but we get that influx of college age people here from having the university. So I think that's one thing that helps a lot, you know, and then we have the catalyst, um, mm-hmm. catalyst I, club. Yeah. So Huge. I've always been impressed by like the, the artists that come there, you know, it's like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Snoop dog and, you know, Dre dog, Dre dog yeah. always is down there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like y'all yeah. love the real stuff. Uh, Andre <laughs> Nicotina? That's me out too. Yeah. Dude, I've seen Nicotina so many times. <laughs> <laughs> love Nicotina. Andre Nicotina boy. You know what I'm talking about? Crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, we got, we got that cool little influx of like culture coming through here too you know so i think that that's probably what it comes from and you have like a lot of like g-funk type street stuff and you have that boom bap you know what i mean like that's one thing i always really love about the bay in general is that all hip-hop thrives out here you know what i mean it's not like we only listen to this or we only listen to that we always listen to everybody so you know like i think i've seen like fat joe doing shows out there and i mean like dude you know he's not just rapping he's a graffiti dude he's you know what i mean so yeah it's it's really crazy man it's really crazy very eclectic (laughs) yeah now how like at what point did your first your jujitsu and then your hip-hop stuff at what point did your jujitsu stuff move from i like this and this is fun to like all right that's it i'm going to try to be one of the best fighters on this planet like what was what initiated that pivot for you well that happened really early you know i've, I've always wanted to be good at whatever it was that i was going to do so I, I started with jiu-jitsu when i was 10 and mm-hmm. at the same time i was doing like water polo and stuff and i was playing saxophone in the band so i had a couple different like um things that i was interested in but i remember i used to go with a friend of mine um an old a guy a bit older than me he was a, a, an adult while i was a kid in the kids class mm-hmm. and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit matt slater mm-hmm. and he was like really into you know jiu-jitsu and ufc and the whole yeah, thing yeah he, so, he sponsors like all the almost every event in the south bay yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and, shout out to slater you yeah know what I'm for saying? real like, <laughs> always on the back of somebody's t-shirt you feel yeah me? yeah and he was uh you know so he was big 
with that for me because he started taking me down to do tournaments down in LA. They would go and compete tournaments mm-hmm. in LA. And so we would travel together to go down there. And um, I remember one tournament in specific, we went and did the Copa Pacifica from mm-hmm. Clever. Clever was like a Hickson black belt. I remember. Yeah. Oh, Cause back in the day, like my, my master's tournament, the U S open didn't have, kids that was, mm, he started mm-hmm. putting kids now they have kids and it's like one of the most well-run kids tournaments out there they run it just like a, a regular ibj yeah. tournament where they have the gi check and the divisions and everything Whole nine. yeah and so we didn't have that we used to do the small tournaments here you know and it was cool but it was like just like tournaments that i used to do in taekwondo or whatever and you would go to the academy and then they would just kind of match you up with whoever they could as best mm-hmm. they could and so that was cool but it was just like not nothing that's that special and then when i went down to do the the Copa Pacifica down in LA it was part of it was the traveling down there together with the team and everybody and being excited and stuff about that and then um and then also just the bigger scale of it I was like whoa this is really cool you know and then I remember Cron Gracie was a purple belt at the time and mm-hmm. he had a fight with it was Cron Gracie Bill Cooper and then there was a guy Ryan who was a purple belt from our team Big at the time yeah and uh so those three were always in the same division and they and they would always fight with each other we went a few different years where where i saw them fight and mm-hmm. i remember like you know the jiu-jitsu back in the day was in the u.s especially was like really basic you know my my yeah. master has that real old school style game it's like yeah smash pass side yeah. down yeah. North, south, yeah. Laura, you know? yeah so we're, we're used to seeing kind of the That's same the path, thing homie. yeah exactly saying. exactly <laughs> and then like i was seeing like cron and bill cooper and they're doing all this crazy stuff and jumping and cartwheeling mm, and doing, i'm like yeah. yeah like what is that and then that was kind of the the moment where it made a, a change for me and then matt and some of the other guys started showing me also videos from brazil like the world's down there with the guys mm-hmm. doing the drums and, and all the like you know the down in brazil it would be like the chichuca tennis club would be packed with spectators and everybody's in and it's like this everybody's on ipanema beach wilding yeah, like crazy yeah. and they're like the energy on TV out there yeah they're like celebrities you know so i'm like yeah. whoa this is like an actual sport so then that's when it opened up to me to realizing like jiu-jitsu when i was first it was just within my academy you know i was like right. this is a cool thing that i do but when it started to open up and i was like whoa and even back then it wasn't as big as it is now which is something that mm-hmm. trips me out too is just like i got really into it and loved it and started wanting to be the best at it back then when i was like 13 or 14 and then as i got older then the ufc blew up and then that made jiu-jitsu blow up into something that was way bigger than i ever imagined it would be so that was something that I, I feel really blessed about too you know now when did you decide the same for yourself as an mc you know what i mean like when did you say okay you know i'm, I'm jumping in for real for real well that that kind of i started i started writing when i was like 12 years old and then when Mm. we were we were in middle school and high school we would do some shows and stuff and like and like make cds and pass them out and everything and then i started going to community college here in in santa cruz and i started studying some music stuff music Mm. production and doing that whole thing and i have a buddy who's who's my engineer um to this day he ended up going down that path he went to expressions college Mm. yeah yeah yeah. expressions expressions is a college here in the bay that is specifically about like digital stuff and like sound stuff and so a lot of people who end up working at pixar or industrial light and magic and you know lucasfilm they're people that come from expressions or come through expressions it's it's Mm -hmm. in emeryville which is just outside of oakland 
Right. Yeah. And he, he ended up being like going kind of, he, we used to make hip hop together and we still make mm. hip hop now, but he started going in into dubstep and he became like a pretty mm. well-known dubstep DJ. His name's Dubamine. Okay. He, he ended up moving out to New York for a while and met a guy in Brooklyn who was actually from Santa Cruz who had a, um, like a, a studio or something a dubstep uh, record label actually okay. so he signed him onto it and so he's like pretty well known for that he goes around and does shows and everything so he, but at that time i was kind of like you know what am i gonna do you know am i gonna go right. down the music route or am i gonna go with jiu-jitsu and so then i but i just thought like you know as much as i love um the music and everything i was afraid that the lifestyle that i would have if i went down the music route would be surrounding a lot of parties and drinking mm -hmm. and and i don't have the best <laughs> and it would be with that <laughs> yeah and so I, I was yeah so i was thinking you know with jiu-jitsu it's going to be around me trying to be healthy and and um and I just saw it as a, a, a path where I'm like, however far I go with this, it, it'll be something that I, I feel like I have, like, um, it'll be a good foundation for me, you know? So I kind of went more with the jujitsu and I know by then I was already, you know, I got my purple belt when I was 18. So mm. I was already, by the time I was going into college, I was already brown belt, I was already really serious. Mm. So it was like, I wasn't going to turn away from that. So um, I yeah, really, yeah, for sure. really went into that. And then, and then I kind of moved away from music for a while in my early twenties where I wasn't really doing that much. Like I was writing. Sometimes I started working more on producing, but I wasn't making as much music. And then it was kind of toward the end of my later twenties when I started really posting stuff on social media and saw people kind of enjoying it. And you, mm -hmm. you were weighing mm -hmm. in and saying, man, this is dope. And then I was like, you know, then I started having this idea of, cause it, you know, it's hard to do anything if you don't do it a hundred percent, you know, and, and with right. the way my life is, it's like, I can't be investing a ton of money into trying to do the whole, you know, rap career thing all the time. But one, one way that I saw to maybe kind of combine both of them is to make rap about jujitsu which most of my rap is about jujitsu anyway because my anyway, life is right. about jujitsu right so then i saw that as a way to combine the two so that was probably a few a few years ago i really decided to like start taking the music more seriously and kind of see how how far we can make it go you know now i um i connected you to one of my homies just jay up in yeah. oakland who is a hell of a beat maker he's one of my favorite beat makers on the planet like for real like Dude. um when we talk about people, period, like in the country who are incredibly dope, he's one of them, man. Like is, just Jay, like has hella beats, has hella understanding. You know, he's he's from the East Coast, but he lived out here for hella long. So, you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. gets a lot of stuff. And you guys connected and did a track that I thought was unbelievable. Will you talk about that track for a little bit? Yeah, man, that was that was really cool. And I haven't even had the chance to release it yet because I've been doing more like I don't want to combine too much. I, I, I embrace both the boom bap type sound yeah. and the the uh, the trap type sound. So I've been yeah, making yeah. kind of a series of, of tapes I've been putting out called Kimura Trap. So that's been kind of on the more trap side of, of things. So mm -hmm. and that's that, you know, his style is more boom bap. So it came back. Uh, it was, that was on more of the boom bap type mm -hmm. of the sound. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't like when you when you listen to a tape and you're kind of like I like up and down in terms yeah, of the you want that I, consistency, right? I like three three tracks off of this, you know, but I want mm -hmm. more of that, you know. It's kind of like I want it to be all in one in one um, vein, you know. So if right. you like it, you like the whole thing. So and then now I'm starting to work on more of a boom bap one where um, I'm doing a song with rap as a martial art on that one and stuff. Too. Shout so out then, to rap as a martial art. Everybody need to follow him if you're not already him and just Jay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So then that track that I did with just, just Jay will probably um, surface on that. And then it was kind of, that was kind of cool. You know, we, we sat down and kind of started making on the beat and then he's like, all right, so this is how I work. Like you come into the studio, I'm going to start making the beat. Once we've got enough of a beat for you to write to, he's like, he's like, mm-hmm. if you're as good with your pen as Adisa said you are, then, then you'll have three verses by the time I'm done with the beat. <laughs> I'm like, for you too hard. I'm <laughs> for you too hard. He was like, all right, G said you was legit, bro. So I'm expect some clarity and some bars. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. all right, let's see. But it actually worked out because I did. I, I got I got my three verses in and then we laid it all down. And it was like, it was like one day. I think we're in like 12 hours in the studio. Dude, we, he like called me when it was done. and was like, yo, this track is fresh. Like he said, I was like, oh, so Tell me about that track again, man. Cause I haven't heard it in a minute and I loved it. Yeah. I honestly haven't heard it in a minute either, man. I got <laughs> He's like, I haven't heard it, it either. Like, <laughs> for real. I mean, we made it that day and then we, I sent it to you and I was listening to it a lot back then, but this has been like, this has been like over a year at least. Yeah, dude, since, that song is we, crazy. Yeah. What was that song called? You know, it was about, it was about like a student who ended up like being connected to hit the dark side of his fighting mind. It was exactly. so good, bro. Yeah. It was so good. Like if you do jujitsu, if you felt that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. it's, Dude, it's that was gonna, a great song. Man. Yeah. It's going to be on the, on the, on the CD. It was like, it was about um, a student that, that his whole um, goal was to get better than his master. Right. And then he, he, he eventually confronts his master and then he, he kills his master in the end. Right. And then, and then he realizes that like without his master, he had lost the whole point of like the path of martial arts in the beginning, you know? And so, oh, yeah, it's pretty, it pretty oh. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, if you are about that mat life, if you were about that <laughs> MMA or you are, if you were about that warrior's path, man, I'm telling you that song, man, crazy. And that's kind of the type of thing that I'm trying to do is like in, inject, all good yeah i don't know i got like a call there so disconnected. <laughs> i know my phone just went off a minute ago too i was like what i know right i lost your like your um can you see me no i can't look are you, what kind of what do you got you got a mac or what do you what do you want yeah i got a mac Show look on active. the bottom right like for me my zoom camera icon is on my, okay, okay, my bottom okay. right i got it i got it Okay, hold on it. one sec. Actually, I got allergies popping off over here. I gotta go okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. Here we go. Word, 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 word. Okay. Um, so where are you at right now? Now, hold on. Before, I mean, it's weird because there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Like you're a surfer, right? Yes, sir. You're, you're, it's a trip, dude. Like you are almost stereotypically all of these things at one time, right? Like it's hella crazy, right? Like, you know, Santa Cruz, white dude with the blonde hair and the blue eyes, who also makes hip hop beats and raps over trap music, who also does jujitsu and fights at a world-class level. Yeah. It's, it's like crazy. All the stuff that you embody is like nuts. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> it's I'm, nuts. 
I, I feel like it's just, you know, authentically, you know, me though, because it I started, is. that's what makes you know, it crazy. Yeah. It was, it wasn't like, I thought it would be cool to be this or that, or it's just right. like my dad, my dad started me surfing when I was a kid. I started martial arts when I was like four years old. Yeah. And I started with the rapping when I was young too. So it's just kind of like, you know, just authentically my, what, things that life put into my path, mm -hmm. I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so who are, who are some of the lyricists over the years that you really like admire? Man, MF Doom is definitely one of my, my favorite of all time for sure. Yeah, fire. You know? Yeah. He, he's, um, maybe not as commercially well known. Like I, I, I put him in my top five for sure. Cause he's definitely, yeah. I think just lyrically. On hella creative level. and just will go in hella different ways yeah immortal technique too yeah um you know of of you know wu-tang uh, obviously is a huge right. influence for me and stuff and my favorite out of wu-tang is inspect the deck for yeah. sure deck you is know. hard yeah yeah <laughs> deck is hard. i still think you know like i think about i actually created a, a list of a, a a playlist on uh spotify that i'm working on and it's like the top posse cuts of all time, right? And like, I feel like his first 16 bars on Triumph oh, are like yeah. the hardest opening 16 of any posse cut. For sure, man. Like, yeah. I can't even think of another posse cut where the first rapper is just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Yeah, Deck, Deck almost didn't get as much, like, you know, recognition. I mean, it's probably it's hard to stand out in, like, a, a group of nine MCs like that, you know. Who are all devastating, right? I mean. Right, yeah. And you've got some, some you know, like, Method Man's, like, uh, I mean, it helped that one of their first singles was Method Man. You know? Right, 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 right. right, right. stand out, too. Right. Just, his personality is so huge, you know. But I got to see Inspected Deck live one time. I've never seen the whole Wu-Tang Clan live together, but I saw. Uh, um who was it that was that was headlining that show i think it was who was it that day it was master killer and inspector deck oh it was method man method yeah. man at, at um at the catalyst at the catalyst yeah master killer and, and inspector deck and i saw raekwon one time too but i've never been able to see them all together but yeah i saw them it. all once when that last time they came like a year back remember when they were at shoreline it yeah, was like them, yeah far side uh high oh, row yeah. I was at that show. Bonkers. That's badass. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then as far as like newer, newer MCs, I really like Logic a lot. I really yeah. like Did you listen stuff. to the new record? I haven't heard it yet. I did. It's really good. Yeah. Is I guess he made it in like a week. Him and No ID back together again. So he said like it was all made in like four studio sessions, something ridiculous. But No ID the, is just bonkers, man. Uh, the stuff yeah. that he drops is crazy. Yeah, he's amazing. And 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 you know, Logic is one of those guys that I think kind of he lives in that kind of space that I'm trying to to live into where it's like not letting go of the the lyricism of the past you know but also embracing right. the new sounds of, of the day I think where, that's crucial bro yeah I think that's crucial man like I come from the from you know the old school but like I'm still from the west meaning that like I like all hip-hop man like I you know what I'm saying like I'm on, not on New York nuts with the boom bap so much that like I, I can't enjoy all spectrums of hip-hop production man like i really right. do I, I you know what i'm saying like um i listen to little baby these days i think he's dope yeah um i like a boogie with the hoodie mm -hmm. i like um you know a lot of dudes man i like a lot of dudes i think like a lot of the production is sick you know i, I like think people 
people forget too that like back in the day like even like west coast hip-hop was kind of encountered a lot of that you know in the beginning where people were like from new york were like oh this is just about the beat you know yeah not- they weren't feeling it but they were kind of hating you know what i'm saying yeah. like but we just got our own sound out here and mm-hmm. you know I even heard Talib Kweli saying that, like, back in the day, like, at underground hip-hop parties, you couldn't play Biggie because Biggie was considered, like, he was, like, he was, like, I'm going to catch flack for saying this, but Biggie is was, like, uh, like industry hip-hop back then. Like, nowadays... He you, was. You know, like, nowadays you play him at an underground hip-hop party and everybody's like, oh, Yay! yeah. But, but back at the day, that wasn't considered, no. you know, underground hip-hop no. to us, you know? No. <laughs> you know what was crazy, though? I remember when when he put that first album out, um the track he did with method man just blew mm-hmm. my mind man the yeah. what that song is hard meth is like one of the only guys that had like a song with like with biggie and with tupac at the time that they were beefing with each other right i remember somebody was saying that that he's like he was like one of the only ones able to bridge that gap like during that time you know Dude. <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy and the other track and I think it came out within the same two years of, of that first one was a lot of people don't know this one. Um, do you know hard to kill with spice one in method, man? That's yeah. a hell of a song, man. I'm hard to, to kill. <laughs> yeah. 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 That one's, that one's dope, man. That one's dope. Like I was really impressed with the way that method and uh, spice one came off on that track, man. Hard to kill. Bonkers. Bonkers. Shit. Bonkers. <laughs> um, yeah, man. You know, I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast is I'm trying to make sure that not only that young players in hip hop can listen to this and learn and, and get gamed up, but that so that OGs can be exposed to new artists, new beats, you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah, and, and, and stuff like that. Somebody I really like, two, two artists that I really like nowadays, too, because one thing that I'm liking a lot now honestly is this kind of intersection between like trap music r&b and and like hip-hop you know so Mm -hmm. you see like i've really been liking a lot of like r&b stuff lately so two guys that i think that do that really good is like tory lanes yeah enough credit because he like he's like sings and he pulls off the whole like he's kind of more known for that but he yeah. has bars too like if you Dude. check like when him and uh joiner lucas had their little beef for a while and then they, they squashed into this line together yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he showed that he's like he he can really rap too you know yeah and then also bryson tiller he he's like he's more like a singer but if yeah. you notice like he can rap too you know so i really like that like kind of intersection of the melodies mm-hmm. with also bars you know it's like not a lot of people can do both sides of the spectrum like that you know that's one of the things that makes me like a boogie is like i yeah, feel yeah. like like because like even though he uses auto-tune in a lot of the way that he does stuff he raps tonally right you know right. what i mean and so it's weird i think people sometimes they think i think that he's leaning on the auto-tune too much but if mm-hmm. you really listen to what he's saying like he's just tonally switching up as he raps right sometimes that auto-tune is in there but it's really not a lot of times yeah. it's just it's just him mm-hmm. going, man. And, and I, I'm not, uh, I'm not mad at auto tune. Like I honestly, I got some auto tune on my new thing, and and I'm always thinking about that. Like people will be like, "Oh, it's got auto tune or whatever," but for me, I think auto tune gets this bad rap as being connected with like rappers that that, that can't rap. 
that can't rap, but or it's, can't it's, sing. Yeah, it's just a it's just a sound, you know, and it does yep. sound good. Obviously, like people hear it and they're like, okay, it sounds good, but it, there's nothing wrong with using it if you actually know how to rap, you know. And, and I think that it's just in people's minds, it's like connected with auto tune. That means like I can't rap, you know. But even even Logic, that's what I like about Logic, like with the yeah. Bobby, Bobby Tarantino tapes, like he started throwing auto tune in there. I'm like, okay, that's good because you don't see a lot of people that do that, you know, because they're afraid yeah. to get lumped into this other like category you know yeah no i i think it's dope and i i've always felt like specifically as an og and i mentioned this before but like when people get upset about autotune but they like roger troutman right they like zap but they like you know there's this whole there's this whole section of music i don't know if you're aware of it. it it's called freestyle but freestyle is like it's hard for me to describe Okay, so like freestyle music was okay, so you had like disco music, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had the the hip hop, right? Which comes in with more beats. You feel right, me? Right. And it's more like boom bapish. But then there was this window of time from like 1982 and 3, probably up until maybe 1990, and there was freestyle music. So freestyle music was really meant for like still dancing right it was still dancing but it was more techno like Mm -hmm. based and a lot of it was like outer space themes and 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 you know what i mean a lot of that stuff had like auto-tune type stuff in it like there was a group called freestyle like (laughs) don't stop the rock there was another group uh the the main guy who ran a lot of that sound was a dude named pretty tony and pretty tony was from florida so there was a woman who sang named debbie deb she had a song called when i hear music and look out weekend i mean like in San, from San Jose, Santa Cruz, the whole bay that was like, wing, like, Lookout Weekend was like the club shop. But that guy, Pretty Tony, basically, he almost single-handedly ran a genre. And then, like, I think he went to jail for, like, cocaine distribution. And, like, and the whole genre died. Holy you know what shit. I'm saying? It's like, he carried <laughs> the entire sound. And it was nuts, man. It was nuts. nuts. But, like, if you go online and you look up, like, uh, Don't Stop the Rock, if you look up uh the party has just begun hard hard beats like bass and like you know what i'm saying but like Mm -hmm. big influence for me so when i hear people upset about auto-tune i also laugh because like if you look at africa bombada and a lot of the early soul sonic force shit right it was all computerized stuff that was like playing off craft work yeah you know what i mean so I can't hate on auto-tune like at all, bro. No. At all. Yeah, I think everything's just the sound. It's just the way that you use it. You know, it's the same with like trap beats. Like, you know, trap beats that you see like guys like Joyner Lucas rapping on the trap beat. It's just some people that have that boom bap thing in their mind. It's like if they hear a trap beat, they're just already like, oh, this guy's not going to have anything worth worth saying (laughs) on it, you know? (laughs) And it's not true. You know, it's also the same thing as like, you know, they say, oh, it's too repetitive. But, you know, if you're talking about continuing something that's still you know, was started in the nineties and that's also mm-hmm. repetitive too, you know, at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, it's, it's, no, absolutely. You know? No, no, no. I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Do you, um, you know, I just had Redmatic on from, uh, world famous beat junkies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, crazy ass, sick ass DJ. And he, he's a blue belt in jujitsu oh, and he trains at Con- coma and down towards LA, you know what I'm saying? Um, can you share with me, when you are, are there any things that you do 
as a jujitsu player to get better mentally that match anything that you do inside hip hop as an artist when you're like, yo, I'm about to start, you know, making a new track or I'm going to start going in this new direction. Is there any other, are there any similarities that you find in your psychology and how you approach your hip hop and how you approach your, your jujitsu matches and things like that? I think, I think more, it's just like in a, in a overall overarching thing, you know, it's like, I've, I've learned through jujitsu that it's like, um, see how, how I'm going to like word this, but I've like, when I, when I started with jujitsu, you know, maybe everybody has it in their mind that they're going to be like this phenom that's going to win the world's that blue belt, purple belt, brown, right. belt, black, just belt, run, know? run the whole thing. Yeah. And then every time like that, that didn't happen. Like I got, I got on the podium at pans as a purple belt, you know, I beat good guys, you know, like guys, the guy mm -hmm. that won worlds, you know, Tanner actually won worlds as a Brown belt mm -hmm. I, and I had beat him like twice, you mm -hmm. know, and then, and then my first match as a black belt was against him and I beat him, but he mm -hmm. beat me like at worlds, you know, yeah, so yeah, like, just that whole like, yeah. So, but then you get this in your head, like every time, like I was like, as a Brown belt, I was like, I have to win worlds, you know, cause if I don't win worlds and I won't believe in my ability mm -hmm. to win worlds as a black belt, if I didn't win it as right. a Brown belt, you know? And then every time, like I would lose at after worlds, it was like, I would go into this big, like, this kind of recession, you know, where it was just like, man, is this even worth doing it? You know, right. Is it even worth doing it if I'm not going to be the very best, like it, you know, and, and every time I would do that, it would just hold me back, you know? Right. And then after going and continuing and realizing like, I love this, so I'm going to do this either way, you know? So what's mm -hmm. the point of like wondering whether it's worth doing or not, you know, and then going back. And then I had my first few years as a black belt, like I didn't, I didn't get on the podium at any of like the big major tournaments, you know? And then right. I finally had a year where I'm just like, you know, it was actually the year after I stopped drinking. And then I went in and competed like 20 tournaments that year. And then I went out to, to Europeans and I got on the podium at European. Dude, Europe. that was sick. Then, Watching oh, you, you come back. That was huge, man. You know, as a dude with a bum knee, I was like, my dude, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, bro. Like, I was with you, dog. That was that was impressive. <laughs> Thank you, man. And then so it was just like through that, like that experience, it kind of taught me that like when you're we have a tendency to always check in with ourselves after like every performance, you know, and then be mm. again like, is it worth it? Like and and what we're really doing is like questioning our own potential every time. So it's like, do I have the potential to get to where I want to go? You know, and and every time you have like a, a a defeat, it's like or or it doesn't happen that as quickly as you thought it was going to. It's like this constant check back in is like, is it worth it? Is right. it worth it? Right. You know. And then after I I got to that point with like jujitsu, it's just like I've learned overall you kind of have to decide that it's worth it before you you, you do something and Dude. then just don't keep asking yourself again if it's worth it you know that and, that's hella real and and it's hard it's hard to stay motivated especially when you're taking else right you know what exactly. i'm saying like like um i gotta ask you you know you mentioned like that you got away from the drinking how did you do that like did you join aa did you do it on your own because i stopped drinking on my own i was drinking very young and mm -hmm. by the time i realized i had a problem with it I was like 17, right? Yeah. And so right. it's like, it, 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 I couldn't turn to my dad and be like, hey, I, I have a drinking problem. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You, you know, know he was saying? supposed to be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I stopped drinking on my own. You know, I didn't know AA existed. I didn't know, right. you know, I was just like, okay, I have to stop. 
Yeah. You know, I, like how did you go about it and, and, and how, how long, how far are you in your journey? Like tell tell me about it. Drink, drink, drinking for me was funny because like my, my competition started before drinking for me you know like a, right. a lot of people start drinking and then they start getting into like some type of a sport and then they want to start being a competitor so they start thinking about cutting down on how much they drink or whatever mm. for me it was like i was always competitive so by the time i started i think i drank for the first time when i was like 15 or 16 like mm. i was already like trying to be like world champion juvenile like whatever and right was, so you weren't letting stuff like interrupt you you, you weren't going to let the drinking interrupt you at that point maybe well, but then it's like, you're a kid too. So, you know, so you don't want to also be like a hermit and you want to have mm. fun and you want to do all the, those things too. So it was like, you know, and I was already always thinking like, if I do like a little bit more of this, well, will I win? You know, and every, every mm. turn of every th decision that I was making was already kind of like, you know, do I really need to, to eat this fast food or do I really need to whatever? So, so it, what ended up happening was that from the first time that I started drinking, I started being like, okay, I'm not going to drink any time that's leading up to like a big tournament. So mm -hmm. I would always be like, I'm going to go these big, long spans of time without drinking. And then when I would allow myself to drink again, you know, or eat crummy mm -hmm. food or whatever, whatever that you hadn't, right. Then it was all at once. So it was like, I've, I've always been on this like upward and downward roller coaster my whole mm. life as far as like being like nothing. Like I was never able to learn how to have balance because it was never like, okay, I'll just drink a little bit or I'll have a little bit of crummy right. food. It was no like, moderation. It's just extremes. Yeah, extremes. Just extremes extreme so then that that became dangerous because then like as i got older and older you know then, then where it really got in, into trouble is a couple of times that i had injuries so now it was always like it would be kind of dangerous but then like i would only be not i compete a lot so i'd only be not competing for like a month at the most mm -hmm. you know and then so I'd you're, be back you, on you it stay again. in war mode you stay yeah. on the budo path mm -hmm. but yeah. then i i hurt my arm one time and i was out for like three months then it was like scaring me you know and then mm -hmm. and, and then it was like there was no 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 reference for how do I moderate? Like I don't have a tournament to keep me from drinking or doing anything. So, and then always, right. like, you know, as soon as I get back to it, I'm not going to be able to drink again for another six months. So it's like, I got to pack it in now, you know, so just going way too hard. Yeah. So I just never learned how to have like a, a, a healthy relationship with it. And then I had like an ex-girlfriend that me and her, like when, when I would drink and then she would drink and then we would, it was just bad she was brazilian and we were just like brazilians are spicy you know? and <laughs> so it's just like hot-blooded individuals yeah <laughs> so we had one one um new year's where it just got too too, too to another level too to where can, yeah to the next day i'm like all right this, something's got it. and i'd already thought about multiple times in the past like it did let, led to depression for me before too because right. then you know i'm like i'm supposed to be this good example healthy individual you know and i'd look at i have good examples like that like my like right. claudio you know mm -hmm. claudio claudio maybe will have a beer you know but right. he, he doesn't want to have a second beer if he had one right. you know and then greg amundsen's my crossfit coach too you know mm -hmm. and they just seem like the most like uh even keel individuals that i know they're just they're always living a good life all the time it's not yeah. like I'm, I'm having this amazing time while i'm drunk and then i'm like depressed the rest of the time and i was feeling like that you know i would do something and i'd be like that's not the person that i want the kids that i teach to see so i've always, mm. I'd always thought about maybe SD. maybe i should maybe i should just stop drinking all together you know and i'd mm -hmm. always had that thought that i kind of had to have that one kind of really traumatizing day to where it was like well i'm gonna stop now for at right. least for a while you know right. I was
I was always afraid like something big would happen that I wouldn't be able to come back from or I'd wake right. up the next and day. And it happens sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sometimes you hurt somebody or you get hurt. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, and so a little bit of both. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to stop for a while. So I just stopped. And then I thought about doing like the AA. I talked to him about that before, but one of my friends was like, dude, you don't want to go to AA because just because then like you're going to make other, not nothing against anybody that's in AA. But right. his point was like, you have so many good like examples and friends, like just stay with that. Stay with the people that already got you. You don't need to find like a new group necessarily. Right. And then there are going to be people that struggle with substance abuse. Like you don't need to deal with that. Cause I never struggled with that. I never had a hard time stopping. I had trouble not starting again. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I was able to, or not going too hard when I would allow myself to go, you know? So then I just, I was like, I just decided to stop. And then after like a, a year went and I knew that the people around me would kind of look at down on me if I started drinking again. Mm-hmm. So that kind of pressure helped. And then, and then I just went one year, I had like, I went from being depressed one year from having all these ups and downs right. to like having like the best year of my life and then an even better year and then an even mm-hmm. better year. And so then now I'm just like, every time I ever think about like, you know, drinking again or whatever, I'm in a situation where it seems like, um, you know, this, this, this might be cool. Right. Be more fun. If I was drinking, you know, then I'm just like, I connected to all that, like the lowest lows I've ever had always had to do with having there's been, alcohol involved somewhere yeah, yeah. so then I, it just makes me just be like nope i don't want to deal with that because i like the path that i'm on and that was the scariest thing when i when i was having the ups and downs was not knowing quite where i was at or what to look forward to in the future like where yep. am i going to go you know now now i'm like confident that where i'm going is going to be cool in the future like i've got good things to look forward to you know and that i, I would never sacrifice that again for for like one night that might be a little more fun or whatever you yeah know? <clears throat> yeah I'm, I'm the same way man like uh once I, I stopped drinking, like, literally, I mean, like, dude, I was like 17. I slipped once when I was 23 in San Diego with the homies. Uh, <laughs> and I remember uh, I was with my boy GDS. We was, we was doing some stuff, uh, some business stuff down in San Diego. And um, I forget who we were staying with, but somebody had like a 6'4 Impala and um, – went to a bar and the dude who owned the bar was like, Oh, my bartender's working on this new drink. Will you try it? Never made it before. And I was like, yes, I don't know why. (laughs) Would you want to try another one? Yeah, it was all right. You know, yo, by the time I left that joint, (laughs) the top was down in the six, four, I'm slumped. I don't remember. I think, do you know who Grey Boys, you know who the Grey Boy All-Stars are? No. Hella sick ass group. Grey Boy All-Stars. Listen to them. Everybody. <laughs> Everything they made is dope. <laughs> Playing Grey Boy All-Stars hella loud. And I'm like, I'm slumped in these leather seats and the trunk is, you know, top is down. It's a hot night. And I'm like, oh man, I cannot do this again. I cannot, I cannot do this again. <laughs> and then we got to like the house. I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and I wasn't totally hung over, but I was like, nah, you know what I mean? I was like, nah. Yeah. And then I never drank after that. I was Man. 20, 23. Yeah. I, I have dreams like that. Sometimes I have dreams like that where all of a sudden I'm like, 
oh shit, I, I'm fucked up right now. Like I'm, I, I'm really <laughs> drunk. Like, or like I wake up the next day and then it's like the worst feeling to where again, I've lost that track of like, I don't know where, what's going to happen now, you know? And it's that uncertainty that scares me yeah. the most is like, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, and, and then I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh my God, thank God. That was a dream. Yeah. That, that was a dream. Yeah. 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 No. And it's deep because from that 23 year old moment, I had, I think after my son was born, one time I went to a sushi bar called Kamakura. It was in Alameda. And like my son was like a month old. So me and the homies went out, took my kid, took my ex-wife, we chilling. And then the lady was like, oh, you guys are so fun. Cause we were just chilling. She was like, I have this plum wine for you. And it was this plum wine and these really cool crystal things. And all of a sudden my brain was like, yo, plum wine, right? <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is, this is your son's like one month thing. Like, dude, yeah, you cannot drink. Yeah. You know? So I didn't, but that oh, was good. like, you know, I didn't kept it moving. Everything was cool. Um, yeah. And then I think one time after that, like, like three years ago, I was hanging out with RZA at a bar and I just got struck with the urge to drink. And he had, what 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 drink is it that has like a, a round ball of ice in it? Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? There's some kind of drink. I think it's like, I don't know if it's whiskey or brandy or some shit, but it's like a perfectly yeah I, ball of ice. So anyway, uh-huh. like he had that and like, I was like, oh, I hell want to drink right now. And he knew that, I, you know what I'm saying? And so like he looked. And he like moved it over and he was like, (laughs) you're not missing anything. (laughs) Did he say that? Yeah. He was like, he's like, yeah. He was like, you know, you're not missing anything. That was solid. You ain't missing nothing, God. You You know what I mean? And he like really saved me. Cause if he would have been like, go for it. Hey, would have been lit. You know what I mean? So I really appreciated him for not, you know, yeah helping me indulge you know what i'm saying that's the weird thing is like all you need is one person to like if the person next to you is giving you like a weird look about it then you already don't want to do it but if one the all you need is one person around you you know that's like you know that was the thing for me is like if somebody was down to keep drinking the next day yeah one person that was also down <laughs> and i didn't feel like such a shithead you know it's like i won't yeah, do it by myself exactly. if somebody gives me the permission you know that's such exactly a- yeah, we're no, so- it's crazy, man. But like, I, I think that, you know, sobriety is everything, you know, like I'm a big believer in sobriety. I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, in, in not being addicted. I'm a big believer in, you know, if you're going to use anything, whether it's weed, mushrooms, acid, like you need to use it as a medicine. Like you yeah. don't need to just be like hanging out, you know what I'm saying? And just for fun. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I believe in like, doing the research, do, you know, reading the books, watching lectures, making sure you know what you're doing, that you're using weed to actually help your migraines or an injury or right. whatever, that you're not just like staying blazed with no sense of purpose. You know what I'm right. saying? I, I, I ever, some people think that I like, I would judge people that drink and stuff and everything or that, that 
that I think everyone should be sober. And, and I actually like have a lot of respect for people that can just have, you know, like a Clyde Claudio or whatever that might have a beer every once in a while. And then just keep it moving. Yeah. And doesn't want to have a second beer. It's like, Mm -hmm. but like I said, because I always had that connection with the, with the sports things. It's like, if today was a day that I allowed myself to have one beer, then I'm like, okay, now I'm drinking today. So now mm-hmm. I might as well have a bunch today because as right. soon as I, you know what I mean? Right, right, so I right. Was, so people that can have that, like, I just want to have one. And some people, like, have one and they don't want to have another one. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just wasn't that way. It was like, as if I woke up hung over the next day, I'd be like, all right, now I'm already hung over. Yeah, hair of the dog. Time to go. Yeah, hair of the dog. You know, where's you know the mimosas at, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's true, man. It's true. And it, it's weird, man. Like, I, I, over the years, like, I really, you know, I think that I think that like staying with meditation, staying with yoga, staying with jujitsu, staying with sobriety, it's just made my life like way better. You Definitely. know what I mean? It's made it like way better. Um and you know, most of my homies that drink and smoke and do all kind of other stuff, like I don't judge them. So you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. like if, if people around me start doing stuff like that, like, you know, like I don't really, you know what I mean? As long as ain't nobody getting hurt or hurting themselves, right. like I don't really trip, you know what it's, I mean? It's funny though, like people will judge me for not drinking. Like, what, yeah. Like, I, made, I made a post, there's a video that Joe Rogan posted with like this girl that had stopped drinking and she was like talking about how she stopped drinking and she read this book. I got to see what it is, but it's like the easy way to stop drinking or something. Interesting. Like okay. I said, you can be, you can start the book drinking and by the time you're done, you'll, you'll, you you'll won't be out anymore. And, yeah. And she said, it's the same thing with smoking cigarettes. And um, the guy just debunks all the like, all the myths that it's hard to stop drinking or that it's hard to stop smoking. When she, she said, it's like, it's really not hard. It's like, that's actually a myth that the cigarette companies want you to believe in. So that once you start smoking, they, you have, this you're just head, stuck. Like, I'm addicted now. So hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, addicted. Yeah. Exactly. She's like, they think that that's something that, that, that they wanted to keep a secret when really it's this myth that they wanted to propagate that it's addictive. Right addictive you know and anyway i posted the thing about that and like i had all these people going in they're like yeah uh, one person posted like i was always taught not to trust someone that that can't have that can't have one drink as much as someone that can't stop after one drink or something like that mm, I'm like, that's I'm deep like, I'm like, well, hey, buddy, I didn't fucking ask you, <laughs> you know, like, like it, you know, like, uh, I don't need you to respect me, dude. Like, uh, so sorry. Yeah, Maybe whatever. I how to drink so that I can win your respect. Like, get out of here. You know, it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't judge you for not drink for drinking. Don't judge me for not drinking. Yeah. You know? Nah. And, and like, I had a, I had a homie back in the day who was buck wild and he rarely drank. And he was just like, look, like I'm crazier than most of y'all with alcohol in your system. Like I'm crazier than all of y'all like sober. And so once, <laughs> once I heard him say that, I realized like, yeah, I'm half crazy too. I, I don't need, you know what I mean? Like right. I don't, I don't need uh, alcohol or hell of weed or whatever to act wild. I'm just act a damn fool. Just me, you know? Yeah. And so, one thing that helped me with the, with, with the not drinking was the th- thing that I always used to try to do and ended up failing was isolate myself as a way to not drink you know when mm-hmm. the when i started the this last time not not drinking i was being social right away so that's mm-hmm. something that helped me and then it actually helped me to grow as a person by not not having to rely on a substance to be able to be comfortable in a social situation like it's learned yeah. to help me be more secure it's like when you're in a 
in a club and you're not drinking all of a sudden you think everybody's looking around at you and like what's this guy doing here you know right and why am i here you know I'm, I'm somewhere i shouldn't be or something and then you realize like they're all drunk and they're not paying any attention to me no one even knows <laughs> you're in the room yeah no one's paying attention to me you know like, <laughs> no one even knows you're in the room dog you know yeah. what i'm saying but like going, going to festivals, going to shows, mm -hmm. going to the bars with my friends, you know, doing all that type of stuff, like, I, which I think a lot of people try to avoid when they try to stop drinking. Yeah. It actually helped me to stop drinking. And because I learned like, I'm, I'm breaking up with alcohol. I'm not breaking up with socializing. I'm mm. not breaking up with music and, and right. festivals and the whole thing, you know. But yeah. it's so deep, right? Because so much of what you're talking about is a byproduct of like self-directed awareness and presence. Like you have to be committed, right? Like you can't go out if you're weak and you think if the homie, you know, holds up the 40 that you'll grab it. You know, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like, um, <laughs> so back in the day, um, when BJ first left house, uh, we used to train at this dude, Alex's house, um, in his garage and, and they called it legends legends jujitsu was just a garage <laughs> so like me bj jd and casey and hoyt uh uh and regan when he was around we would go over to alex's and so um i used to live like about a mile and a half from them so they would come swoop me and I remember my ex-wife used to always laugh. She was like, I always know when you go train with BJ and them because your ghee smells like hella weed, right? <laughs> and so they would, they would try to, they knew I didn't smoke. So, but they were always nice because they're Hawaiian, right? So right. as soon as we get in the BJ would be like, BJ would be like, let's get a decent high, bro. Everybody roll up. So, <laughs> so they start rolling blunts and they're like, they're like, I'm sitting in the middle. And they'd be like, smoke, bro. <laughs> And then to pass over. <laughs> Smoke breath. No. Pass it over. Right. So one day, who is driving? JD drives like a maniac. They swoop me up, get in the car. They're hot boxing. JD has to be doing, I swear to God, like 65 and a 30. Like mobbing. Brazilian stuff. Right? Just <laughs> and I'm like. Yo, I'm the only black dude in this car. Like, what would happen if we got woo, woo, woo? And there's a car behind us. And they're hot boxing. I'm like, dude, I'm the only black guy in this car. I am absolutely going to jail. There's no way I'm not going to jail. So we get pulled over. Huh? You were in the back though, right? Yeah. But still, I'm black. So I'm like, I'm going. So so you know, I'm already committed to saying nothing. I know the drill. He rolls it down. Feels real Cheech and Chongy. You know what I mean? With the right. smoke. Uh -huh. and, um, and I'm like, I can't believe I don't even smoke and I'm going to jail for weed. I'm talking to myself, right? <laughs> Just sitting there with my head down. And the cop comes in. He leans down. He looks around the car. And he's like, driver's license and registration, please. So JD's like, oh, uh, one second. So he pulls out a Hawaiian, you know. And so he hands it to the guy, and the guy's like, hey, I'm from Hawaii, too. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, so where you from? Oh, I'm from Hilo, bro. Da, da, da. He's like, all right, yeah, you got to just keep it moving. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, I had one like that in Hawaii, actually. I, I went to compete um, the Honolulu 
uh, Open. That was the only time that they ever had an IBJJF in Hawaii because wow, Helson uh, Helson's uh, team. Um, I guess he has a problem with Carlinos or something, oh, okay, so they yeah, like boycotted yeah, yeah. it. So it was ended okay. up being like not that many people. So I, mean, right. it was, I was like, we're not even going back to Hawaii anymore. But I went out there with. Um, my student Jeremy Montez and his son Jeremy Jr., who they're like Hawaiian, and Jeremy Jr. Um, ended up passing away from leukemia like mm. a few years ago and stuff. And that was like a super Much cool. Love. He was like 15 at the time, and it was like a super cool memory that I have with him and everything. And we were out there with our buddy Paulo, and we had all been drinking at the at the club. And I don't even know why we drove. We had like this really cool like uh, rental car, so we drove to the club, and it was like a block away. Like literally, we could have walked in like five minutes. So there was no reason to have driven, but we drove there and then we're like getting back in the <laughs> right. getting back in the car and, and there was no reason like yeah there really was no reason and then and we're all drunk and paulo's like totally peels out of the uh, out of the parking lot he's all like peels out and we're like pulled over in one second and he's like he's like <laughs> we're literally pulled over like, in one second on us like one second and, and he's all drunk and then the cop like comes by and like and, and he's like oh my god i'm in america i'm not even like a citizen like all this stuff i'm gonna right screwed him screwed him and the cop like sticks his head in and he's like you guys were at the tournament huh and my and and like paulo was refing he's like you were one of the refs weren't you he's like i trained at gracie baja he's like he's like go go slower like oh my god so yo hey yo jujitsu has gotten me through with the police bro you know what i'm saying like yo like as soon as like one time i got pulled over and they saw my hero sticker on the back. Because mm-hmm. I used to have this red truck said HHCF and like gold leaf. It was hard. And then like it had like a, 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 hero's, a hero's sticker in the bottom left. Right. You know, driver's side. So as soon as a cop would pull up, they would see that. And they'd be like, oh, you do jujitsu? I'd be like, yeah, you know, I train at heroes. You know, I'm going to be in them. And then, you know, teach a little bit. And then, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I did jujitsu or I, I want to start or whatever. Oh, okay, cool. And they always let me go. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So awesome. like, I think I've been pulled over more than any black man and still gotten away. You know what I'm saying? Like, like somehow I escaped. I just feel like jujitsu has helped me a hundred times in that. You know what oh, I'm yeah, saying? the jujitsu connection. <laughs> so, dude, tell me about the 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 track you've got with rappers and martial art. When's that gonna drop and what's it called? You know, we don't even have a, a, a title yet for it. Actually, we're in the middle of making it right now. I did I did my um, my 16 on it, mm. and it's on this beat from a guy, Super Ego Beats. He's, like, really, okay. really sick producer. Um, and so I just sent it off to him. You know, I was going to try to get it all packaged up so we could talk about it even better on the on the podcast. But I'm waiting on He's super busy and everything. He's yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, stuff, got, so he's always doing videos and he's doing all kind of stuff, stuff, dude. Yeah, you know? exactly. So basically what the concept of it is, like, we were like you know sometimes like you know lupe fiasco he i, I love lupe fiasco but he, he's lupe been doing this day. yeah yeah he's been doing this kind of samurai thing lately i, I know, know. Yeah. what is his deal is he like training in swordsmanship or something I, what's going I, on i think he is he's doing some kind of samurai i gotta track him down bro he's gotta come stuff. get on the chronicles dog like for yeah sure. yeah for real sure. but he uh but he, we were like you know it's kind of funny like some of these rappers try to like throw down like a martial arts theme or have like mm. you know talk about it and stuff but hardly any of them like actually train and he was like hardcore yeah. kung fu like for yeah no he's years, serious like, competitive kung in kung fu and everything and uh and uh so he's like let's make this kind of like um a theme of like rap 
since we rap and actually do martial arts, like kind of not, mm-hmm. not just teasing, you know, but like a little bit on not not a diss or anything, but just like a little just bit reminding about, like, fools who's really up in here doing yeah, it, bro. Like, yeah. This ain't this ain't no Shaw Brothers clip, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. We out here about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's fresh. And I've been That's talking fresh. to I've been talking to him for years. Like we've been talking about doing a doing a song. So mm-hmm. finally we got this one going down, and and it'll be cool. You know that'll come out on the same one as the same project as a song with Just Jay and everything. Yeah. So, and I, I haven't put out anything officially like more on the boom bap style, and that was what I always used to do. You know, mm-hmm. more of the boom bap type style stuff. So I'm excited to to put out some stuff in that style. Yeah. No. Sick. Sick. Um. And where can people listen to your music, man? How can they How can they get down with you? So I, my rap name is elite technique. So you can see that on, um, on, uh, Apple music, Spotify, anything like that. You can see, yep. you can look us up. We, we just released a song yesterday, um, called Bonjido Esmaga Oso. So it's, uh, it's part in Portuguese, part in English. I speak Portuguese too and rap in Portuguese too. So my part is part English, part Portuguese. Yeah. And, two brazilian rappers and it's on a youtube um called bjj emotions okay so made a super sick like lyric video where it's got all the lyrics playing and stuff in it and um so that just came out yesterday and that's also on all, all digital platforms so i'm pretty excited about that the video is up there he's got like fifty thousand subscribers and stuff yeah so. okay so it's, it's it, he's got some traction man yeah that's so dope to- and to connect that back, I think I never even got back around to where I was talking about, like uh, you're saying something about jujitsu that kind of helped me with, with mm-hmm. hip hop is like mm-hmm. that, that not wondering whether it's worth it or not, you know, like, mm. cause, cause sometimes it's like, you know, you're like, I'm, for example, you'll, you'll make a song and you'll release it. Right. And then, and maybe the first time that you try to put something out, it's like, it's like a hundred plays on, on, right. on YouTube. And then you're just like, man, like, and then you see somebody else put it out and they get a hundred thousand or, you know, or and like you just feel like what the hell thousand. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm putting so much work in and, and this guy, you know, it's like, no matter how hard I try, I'm not even going to scratch. The Nobody's checking. Like right. That. And, and, and then I just keep telling myself, like, I, I have this like mental thing that I, I think of as like, you're just hitting into a door, you know, with your shoulder. And, mm. you know, sometimes you're only one slam from that door busting open, you know. Dude, but, but that you is stop, so you know? real. Yeah. Hey, that's the hardest part, man. I wanted to ask you, thank you for even, because, you know, like, when I look at you and I think about your general path, the one word that, that, that consistently comes to me is resilience. Like, you come up to me as a very resilient dude, bro. You, <laughs> you know, that. you take a knee injury, you come back. You make a track, <laughs> it doesn't do what you want, you come back. You know what I'm saying? You went to a tournament, you didn't work, it didn't work for you, you come back. Now you're on the <laughs> number one spot. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm impressed personally by your uh uh by by your resilience. Thank right? you, man. I appreciate now, when that. When you're in your lowest moments, when whether it's like arm injury, knee injury, or just like feeling uninspired or or inactive in your hip hop, like specifically what do you do to keep going forward? Well, I think for me, it's, it's like something that, that helps me is kind of thinking of, of a storyline. You know, I try to always think of things like a storyline. So I try to keep a, a, a positive storyline in my head, mm. you know, so I always think of it like, as if like, you know, your life's a movie, right? So mm. th- this is just, you know, you never know where the, the interesting 
place to start and then the the movie's going to be you know so you always think that the the end is going to be after like a really big triumphant you know um right win so sometimes you're training for a tournament and, and you're like this is going to be the end of the movie here you know not mm. not the end necessarily mm. of my life but this is mm. going to be the end of chapter one of the movie where i win the worlds you know so i'm like yeah. excited for this and then you lose it you know and a lot of people will look at that storyline as like oh no that means that you know, this, this movie isn't actually going to happen, you know, but for me, I just look at it that as a part in the storyline where there was a setback, you know, right. And, and now our hero steps into the new era and exactly, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you have to reinvent that storyline in your head. You have to believe that is in that good advice for me. Yeah. That eventual, that eventual victory. That's going to, that's going to make it all worth it. You know? And that's the same thing. Like with my knee surgery, it was like, I just always had this, this, this positive storyline in my head that like, this is going to be this setback. And even, even the not having won the, the world is one of the lower belts. I'm like, you know what, that's going to make my, my, story so much more inspiring when Sicker, i do win when i do win it world yeah because <laughs> you know? then i'll tell people i never gave up you can do right. it you're the guy that didn't win right. all the lower belts you can do it too type of a thing you know so mm. dude so here's here's a question for you so last time i competed i did really poorly i prepared what i thought was very well physically mentally spiritually i felt like i was ready you know like yeah. I wasn't nervous. Even my warm up. Like a lot of times, I don't warm up proper before I, before I That's hit the huge. mat. That's not the case, bro. I I, I meditated, stretched, boom, drilled, get out there, bro. One of my worst performances ever yeah. as a competitor. And I was like, like everything was cool until we hit the ground. My brain was fluid. I was present. Once we got on the ground. It was like I never did jujitsu. It was like my brain went blank. I was defending mm -hmm. chokes, and I was never near getting tapped. But I wasn't present. Right. Like, now, I'm coming off of my divorce, and I realized that a lot of times when I would train, one of the things that would keep me going was my family. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, I'm fighting for my son, for my daughters, I'm fighting for my wife, whatever. And I, I hit this, I, I didn't realize it until the match was over that months after was that the reason I've been doing so poorly has been because for my entire life, I've always fought for other people than myself. Uh, not yeah. seeing myself as worthy of defending. So mm -hmm. I always needed another reason to fight because I wasn't a good enough reason to fight. Right, right. So like, that's where my work is right now. Mm -hmm. is, 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 is in seeing myself as fight worthy, I guess, you know. Yeah, that's tough. It's very man. strange, man. It's very strange. Like, yeah, the mental triggers and the mental obstacles that that prevent you from being present during the match, man. Like, I really, yeah, oh, yeah, it messes with me. Mm -hmm. You know, 
that mental presence is, is huge for sure. You know, it's really easy to be distracted. I have like a super overactive mind too. So that's one thing that's never, I've never been able to be like in a relationship and be like comfortable. Like I'm, Mm. I'm, there's always something that's picking at me, you know? And so that would be like the type of thing I'd be leading up to a tournament and just wouldn't be a hundred percent focused on it because I'd be focusing on something Mm that's going on with my girl or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that mental presence and being, I got caught, caught in a flying triangle one time by a guy who's, he's good, but I've finished him every single time we fought every time leading up to that match. And every time afterward, mm-hmm. I've finished him, mm-hmm. not just beat him, but made him right. tap right. every time. There was, and, there was positional and, and, and submission dominance. Yeah. And, and props to him because he, he every time he comes he in, he showed up. To, to, and comes back ready to beat me you know? right, so, right, right. And, and there was that one time where something was in my head about that I was fighting with my girlfriend about and I think I went into it a little bit just like you know I'm gonna beat this guy anyway but literally like people don't understand the level to which and I'm a lot better at it now than I mm. in the past but my, my mind will eat me alive to where like I can't mm. stop spinning on something like I'll, I'll go to sleep thinking about it wake up I've literally gone like months where I don't stop having something spinning in my head. So I was there going literally walking onto the mat thinking about this thing. And then he, he just, and he's thinking about taking my head off, you know? So he <laughs> he's like, and on. I'm going to murk this dude. Yeah. That's all he's worried about. And he just right. flying triangles me and makes me tap. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God. And it was just the worst, like one of the worst defeats. And it actually happened to be one time where it was in the absolute final of, of um, BJJ tour Las Vegas. So it was for a thousand bucks too. Mm. And I should have been a hundred percent focused fighting for a thousand. Right. And just like drove through. Right. Yeah. Against this guy. I know I can beat. Right. I think I even beat him that same day, like in our division or something like that. And it was like the super fight. You come up short. I came up short and it was because I was mentally distracted. It's like, it doesn't matter how much you train. If you're not a hundred percent focused and a hundred percent present in the moment, then nothing else matters, you know? Yeah. Hella real, man. Hella real. Well, man, I want to thank you for, um, sharing all your wisdom today for coming on the podcast. Uh, how do people get at you on IG, et cetera? So you can find me Nathan Mendelson, M E N D E L S O H N. That end of the last name was a tricky part. BJJ. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's that it across everything. My, my YouTube is Nathan Mendelson, BJJ, um, Instagram at Nathan Mendelson, BJJ. And so I'm posting like hip hop content and jujitsu and jujitsu techniques, like hella yeah. sick, man. It's a oh, great page. You. You'll have hella fun. You, you, you'll get to travel a bit cause he travels a bit. So you get to go oh, where he goes <laughs> and he shows dope techniques that he actually does in tournaments, which is a big deal because, you know, if you don't know jujitsu and if you don't know martial arts, there's a big difference between seeing instructional moves that people use when they have a, 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 a non-combatant like friend or person right. who's not intelligently defending themselves. Mm-hmm. Totally different than when you see it in competition against a wholly unwilling component uh, opponent. Oh. You know, <laughs> he, he, he teaches amazingly. Um, you know, appreciate I, um, I definitely appreciate you, you know, as a martial artist and as a hip hop artist, you know, uh, as a surf artist, you know what I'm saying? It all, <laughs> it all, it all, it all, it all, you know, comes together. Uh, before I go, have you been watching this TV show? Uh, do you watch much anime? Cause I don't, do you watch much anime? 
I do. I used to watch a lot of anime, and I just got back into watching some more anime. So I'm always into some new, uh, some new recommendations. What do you got for me? Okay, so I got two. So on a on a on a on a strictly comic level, because I don't watch that many, read that many comics, but I was into Lone Wolf and Cub, like oh, yeah. major Lone Wolf and Cub. Did you see so, the the 36 Cinema? Um, I didn't watch that day, but yeah, that was sick that they did that. You yeah, know what I I'm saying? In for that, that was sick. That, that was so sick, right? <laughs> so. So I became obsessed with Lone Wolf and Cub um, because of my boy, Leo, who I, I fronted on Lone Wolf and Cub for years because I used to read Yusagi Yojimbo, which is about this rabbit. I don't know if you know Yusagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to always to get up on that. So he, 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 one day he showed me Lone Wolf and Cub. I was like, Psst, like hella years ago. I was like, whatever. He's like, what? This is everything. So I started writing. I was like, what? So then I got sprung off it. Well, when I was in um, London, One of my friends out there had uh, 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 another uh, graphic novel series called Samurai Executioner. Oh, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> this guy, this guy. Okay, so are you familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub, right? He was the, he yeah, was yeah. the Shogun's assassin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right? This is the guy who had his job before him. It's oh, the shit. prequel, dog, oh, of the shit. guy that had Ito Ogami's job. Oh shit! Yo, <laughs> yo, <laughs> samurai executioner dog. Do not sleep on that. No, I'm gonna um, check that out right now. <laughs> on the anime tip, what I've been up on is um, I don't even know if it's technically anime because I don't really be in the circle that much. But uh, this thing called Baki B A K I on Netflix. Oh, I think that's where they're like in an underground like fight thing, isn't it? Like that, it's like a bro. fight club thing. Yeah, it's I've seen that. Yeah, hard, bro. Dude, I got it's check so that. good. Hella <laughs> violent. Every parent, don't show that to your kid. Like your kid will have nightmares. First, first episode. You know what I'm saying? Like I posted, oh Baki, da da da, and this dude was like, I watched it with my kid, and he had nightmares. Don't. <laughs> because <laughs> he didn't know what it was. He was like, let's yeah. watch Baki. <laughs> That's you know sad. i think i started watching like a couple episodes that i gotta get back in you know, i've been watching one called gangsta too they have that on um on uh that hulu on? that's a okay. really good one it's like okay. yeah they're like a couple assassins one's like a samurai another one uses guns and stuff it's like it's pretty dope yeah it's a anime pretty sick <laughs> what about that new samurai video game have you played that are you up on that dude i i you know i'm so ready for that but i've been playing last of us 2 which is mm. one a game i've been waiting for for like almost my 10 son years. loved it dude it's so good and i i played one playthrough it was like 30 hours to get through it the first time and then i was Dang. like i gotta play it again so, yeah. so i'm going through that again and because then i don't like to start something and then stop something yeah, yeah. That, and i'm hearing everybody like talk about the it's ghost of Tsushima. my boy say cool got that he loves it he loves it <laughs> so like yo like i'm just like yo like so in samurai executioner i just have like the first five novels because uh because uh my boy shafiq um gave me those the last time I went to London. You know, I was out um, with my lady in London and, and he gave me those and it was just like nice. fucking amazing. So I'm going to have to order that. Dude, <laughs> Samurai Executioner is hard, bro. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You know, so man, thank you again for being on Bishop Chronicles. Thank you, Appreciate man. you. If you love jujitsu, if you really love hip hop, you got to love Nate. You got to love Nick. You got to love elite technique. You got to love the Kimura trap. You got to love the the energy that he brings in. 
it's not just that he's doing it. He's really living it, you guys. Like, this isn't, like, some fantasy stuff. He's really living it. He really mm-hmm. goes out there. He really gives his body to the art. He gives his spirit to the art. He gives his spirit to the bars. And I want you to be up on him because he really represents a lot of what I like in the Bay uh, about hip-hop right now. So, you know, thank you again you, for being on, man. And I um, appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and also all the encouragement over the years, too, man. It means a lot. No, absolutely, Oof. absolutely. And uh, once COVID's over, I need you to help me become a better guard passer. Most definitely. Yeah, we've been talking about that for <laughs> too long, dude. Right. Right. We're going to do it. I was We're talking about it, and then, and, then, and then COVID hit. I got to come down there. Now COVID yeah, hit. Like, I know. Yeah, I should have. everything I on hold. Got it on jump before the pandemic hit, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, we're going to do it. Yeah, man. So, you know, right, stay man. blessed and thank you again, man. Appreciate you. Much love. Oh, s- Teacher, what style is that? Don't think. Don't think. You are now listening to the Bishop Proper.